This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by LTT Productions. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, even tell your grandma. Get the word out about LTT and we can watch this thing grow together. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Smith Media Consulting. For all your audio or video production, or for media consulting, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618-294-3399. Again, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618-294-3399. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. Welcome back to the No Playbook Podcast. Today we talk about a less needed extension. Brian Dable is not calling plays, and Mitch Trubisky is your week one starter right here on No Playbook. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to No Playbook. Back after a week off, had uh, had some COVID issues go on, but we are better now. Hopefully, I sound better. I feel a lot better than what I did. It was it was a rough couple days, but we are back and at it. Today is the day. NFL. I'm recording this at two o'clock. Starts in T minus five hours. The Rams taking on the Bills. Going to be a great game. We've got a packed show for you today. Uh, I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Les Snead signed a contract extension today along with Rob Havenstein. Brian Dable is not calling plays. My final season predictions um, and where I see everyone going, um, at least the award winners and the Super Bowl winner, my week one fantasy lineup, and a new segment, the No Playbook Pecking Order. The top 10 NFL teams according to the No Playbook podcast. So let's jump right into it. Starting off with Les Sneed, who him and Sean McVay are in L.A. for the next four years. Now, as a Rams fan, this is great to hear. Les Sneed has been one of the better GMs, if not the best GM out of in all of football. So I'm really excited that he's back and he's, you know, I mean... You can, the whole problem, I guess, is that we don't have any picks or, 
I mean, we don't have first-round picks. That's the thing. And we hit on a lot of late-round picks. Ernest Jones is our middle linebacker behind Bobby Wagner. He played really well. Cam Akers is hyped up to be one of the best backs in the league. We have hit, you know, Tutu Atwell. I've heard really good things about him out of camp. I mean, there is – we hit on a lot of our draft picks. I mean, we just drafted a uh, left guard, I think, uh, Logan Bruss, who is unfortunately out for the season, but – you know, it's just one of those things to where it'd be different if we were drafting like Bill Belichick and we don't hit on any of our draft picks. But I mean, we the Rams have a really good record of hitting on their draft picks and, you know, developing them really well. And I'm not worried about the whole draft pick situation. And I'm really glad that Les Snead and, and Sean McVay are in L.A. for the foreseeable future. Rob Havenstein also signing an extension are pretty much our best Offense, offensive lineman, um, losing Andrew Whitworth. He's obviously our best tackle. Joe Newtboom, or Newt, Noteboom, excuse me. Um, Whitworth has come out and just praised and praised and praised him. So I'm pretty excited to see how that goes. Um, but I haven't seen a very important part of that offensive line, and we got a deal done. Another thing I wanted to hit on is Brian Dayball not calling the plays this year for the Giants. And – I don't necessarily know how to feel about that because I feel a lot of the hype about the Giants is about Brian Dayball coming and calling plays and and kind of mixing it around um, and doing something else. I cannot remember who their offensive coordinator is um, or who will be calling the plays, but I just know it wasn't Brian Dayball, and that threw me for a massive loop. You know, he's been portrayed as this offensive guru coming out of Buffalo. He helped develop Josh Allen, and I know that there was – very small hope that Daniel Jones can make somewhat of a leap this year um, to kind of step up and be a, a halfway decent quarterback is what I'm trying to say. And then I know that there was a lot of hype around Saquon. Me personally, I was really hyped to see Saquon possibly get back to being Saquon of old. But in and, and it still might happen. You know, Saquon is a more – he's an – I don't know how to describe Saquon. Um He's just, you know, he had that really good rookie season and injuries have plagued him and bad play calling has plagued him. And I really hope that Brian Dayball comes in and we see somewhat of a Saquon Barkley of old to where he is, you know, getting the touches, getting the carries and getting the yards. The offensive line isn't great, but picking up Evan Neal, um, Andrew Thomas is also, I think that's his name, is a one of the better uh, offensive guard, younger, excuse me, one of the better offensive young guards in the league. Um, so I think that Saquon, the offensive line may not be great, but it has definitely much improved with Evan Neal. And then the defense with Kayvon Thibodeau um, should also be um, a little bit better. But Thibodeau is out for the first couple of weeks of the season, I believe. If I, I can't remember what exactly um, his timetable was to return. But it got me thinking of you see a lot of these younger and the newer coaches coming in like a Brian Dayball, like a Robert Sulla, not calling the plays. And Dan Campbell is even up in the air of, am I going to call the plays or not? And it, it makes me wonder, you know, like, is it really not all that it's kind of hyped up to be? I mean, we saw Cliff King Kingsbury give some of the offensive play calling duties in the preseason to Kyler Murray. You know, like, what is it? What does it entail? I mean, you know, other than just 
being obviously the guy, it, it, it's just kind of surprising to me. Um, and John Middlecoff kind of touched on this a little bit to where it's like, I hire you for this specific reason. And you're not going to call the plays. Um, so I, I'm kind of, I'm not necessarily in fully in that boat, but if, you know, you hire an offensive guy with an offense that has been struggling over the first couple of years, I would really feel a little bit more comfortable at least to the first maybe season or two if he was, you know, kind of balls deep in there calling plays and getting everything kind of situated. And then he hands it over to his offensive coordinator after seeing how he wants it ran. You know what I mean? So that one struck me and took me for a loop. But, I mean, the Giants are rebuilding. I don't. I didn't see them going out and winning the Super Bowl or even competing for a playoff spot. But, I mean, it, it's the with the Giants and the Texans and the Jets. It's small leaps. It's not. Go, let's go make the playoffs this year. It's smaller leaps to where Saquon did look good. Let's bring him back on an extension. Or Daniel Jones doesn't look terrible. Maybe there is something there. Or maybe the offensive line isn't as bad as we thought. You know, it's just the little the little jumps that you get excited as as a fan of. I got this to look forward to next year and the year after, and he's going to be here for a while, and we have a halfway decent draft pick. He's going to be there. He doesn't help our team, you know. Um, so I think that's what it really is for for these fans of younger rebuilding teams. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. Mitch Trubisky is officially a starter in the NFL once again. Trubisky was named the starter. Kenny Pickett is the backup, and Mason Rudolph is the third-string quarterback for the Steelers. And I'm not necessarily surprised as much as just kind of why, you know. I, I felt like there was a lot of hype around the Steelers drafting a quarterback this year. Why go out and get Mitch Trubisky on? I mean, it's a two-year deal. It is a – it's a kind of a steal of a deal. Um. I don't think they paid Mitch very much money at all to come in and be a veteran. And everything that I've heard about Mitch Trubisky is that he is just a fantastic human being. He's, he's you know, top-tier guy. But, you know, Kenny Pickett and him share a lot of similar, er, similarities, similarities in my eyes. You know, they're not – they're okay athletes. They can run the ball. They're not stupid accurate, you know, ball placement-wise, but – I, I don't – it feels like they brought in Kenny Pickett, a guy that's kind of like Mitch Trubisky, you know. So is the whole point of this they were going to target Pickett either way and Mitch Trubisky, th they think that he can be a good mentor or are they trying to go out and compete now because this roster obviously isn't bad. They have a great defense. They could use some help at corner. But, I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick, a top three safety. T.J. Watt, one of the best pass rushers. Cameron Hayward, on that matter, one of the best pass rushers. Their offensive line isn't – very good at all uh their receiver depth is it, it's among the top in the league you know Deontay Johnson Chase Claypool um and of course you know George Pickens who everyone seems to be a stud um and it, it's there so uh again the offensive line isn't great Najee Harris is probably a top 10 running back in this league already he just does so many things very well it's just the offensive line and the quarterback is really what's missing, and I feel like Kenny Pickett is not the guy. Again, I prove me wrong. 
Okay, go out there and throw for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and three interceptions. You know, go be that guy. But just off of the rip and off of what I've seen and what I know and what I've heard, he just kind of seems like a guy. And I don't understand why you wouldn't just run Trubisky out there, wait for next year to have, you know, one of the best quarterback draft classes I mean, from what I understand, this one's going to be how how last year's was, but the Trevor Lawrence, the Justin Fields, the Trey Lance, the Mac Jones draft class is going to be. That's what it, it feels like. I mean, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, um, Bryce Young, another name that I couldn't think of for the life of me. I mean, he won the Heisman last year. There's very real hype around him possibly going number one next year. So I don't I don't understand. I mean, yeah, you've got Mike Tomlin's – you know, never had a losing season streak, but who cares about that? You know, I think it's more of a pride thing. Everyone goes through a rebuilding phase, you know? It's not one of these things to where it's like, yep, he's great, you know, never had a losing season. I feel like it's more of a pride thing. What what are, what are the effects of the Steelers going out there and going 9-8 and eight and barely making the playoffs or missing the playoffs. And if they make the playoffs, they're losing in the first round to the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, you know? Or if they miss the playoffs, they go four and what? Four and 13, you know? What, you get a good draft pick. You can draft a good quarterback. Or even for that matter, if all the quarterbacks are gone, you get a good offensive lineman. I, I don't understand what the whole point of is, yeah, we're the Steelers. We we need to be good. Like, no, you're the Steelers. You can retool. And I think – I cannot remember their new offensive – or not offensive, their new GM's name who just took over for the team. But we don't even know if this guy is a good, a good drafter at all. He may come in and be a terrible drafter. So I don't – I don't see the hype of let's go out there, let's win nine games, let's you know push to win 10, 11 games and not make it very far in the playoffs. You know, if this whole thing is about winning a championship, it's not about, well, let's just barely sneak in or be over 500. Don't be good enough, go be better. That's my whole thing with switching sports about the Cardinals is that they're not, they don't want to be good and they don't want to be better they just want to be good enough and that's what makes me so mad as a fan of a team is that we're just sitting there yeah you're retooling but you're not being aggressive enough as you should you know throw Kenny Pickett out there let him go be the un unprecedented starter go out there win five games seven games get a top 10 15 draft pick draft the next quarterback or draft an offensive lineman to give him more help I don't understand this whole we've got to go 500 thing because Mike Tomlin has never been under 500. It, it has never made sense to me, and especially now when their team isn't really good enough to compete for anything other than a wild card spot. This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by LTT Productions. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, even tell your grandma. Get the word out about LTT and we can watch this thing grow together. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. 
A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. Let's take a look at my fantasy lineup as of, you know, right now. Uh, Again, we have the season starting in a couple of hours. Uh, So this is kind of my go-to lineup as of right now. And I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Uh, Lamar Jackson at quarterback. He is under con. He's this is the last year of his contract, and he has officially given the Ravens until Friday to get a deal done. So we'll see about that one. Uh, running back one is Cam Akers. Um, I drafted a lot of high potential guys. Um, you'll find that out. I think I did go over my team a little bit, but we're kind of hitting home here again. Uh, Travis Etienne. Um, is my running back too another high potential guy? James Robinson is coming back. Um, they're not limited limiting him at all, so there's a very good chance that him and Robinson are going to split carries. And I think with Doug Peterson, he's going to want to throw the ball a little bit more with Trevor Lawrence. So I'm hoping that Etienne gets in on some of those pass catching abilities. My number one overall pick, Justin Jefferson. Um, I took him number one overall in my draft. Um, I'm very high on him. This is a dynasty league. Um, I guess I should uh, tell you what that is. A dynasty league is to where I have all of these guys until they either retire or I trade them. This is a more long-winded thing. This isn't like a regular fantasy football league where I draft these guys for one year, then I'm done. You know, I redraft the team. I will have this, this team until they retire or I trade them. And then at the end of the year, we do drafts for rookies. So, again, I took Justin Jefferson, number one overall in my league. I don't have any problems with it. Uh, Receiver two, Debo Samuel. Um, I don't think they're going to use him as a running back as much, but even then I think you still get the the points for it. So I saw the value there, especially with Trey Lance. I think he's going to lean more on Debo Samuel um, than other receivers. My tight end one is Dalton Schultz. Nothing too crazy there. I think that he's going to have a bigger year with no Amari Cooper, so he kind of slides into that target two role uh, over C.D. Lamb. He had a pretty good season last year. Um, Let me pull up his stats here real quick. Um, Yeah, I mean, he had a good year last year. 280 fantasy points, 808 yards, eight touchdowns. So I think that would be pretty good out of a tight end one. My wide receiver – flex um we get two wide receiver or we get excuse me we get two uh flex options we get a super flex which could be a anybody it can be a quarterback and then we also get a defense so my two wide receiver flex options are michael thomas and darnell mooney uh, michael thomas one of the best receivers in the league when he's healthy darnell mooney i think this offense is going to be a big hit um, especially with the 49ers not having the greatest secondaries. I mean, Jimmy Ward is really good, but that's, you know, no one else on that secondary really scares me. Um, I think Darnell Mooney is going to have a good year. Uh, Tom Brady is there right now. Um, I have Trevor Lawrence on the bench. Um, I think he'll Trevor Lawrence will eventually make his way in there. I am trying to sell Tom Brady. Because, again, it is a dynasty league. So maybe if I'm underperforming, I sell to someone that needs another quarterback. Tom Brady's having a good year. You give me a pick. One of those deals. Uh, My defense, I have decided it's going to be a revolving door um, of just good defenses that 
are getting good matchups. I have the Broncos here right now. They're playing the Seahawks in week one um, on Monday night. So um, I've decided that I, I've made that decision. I think I'm going to try to trade the, uh, the Bills defense. My two quarterbacks on the backup, again, Trevor Lawrence and then Zach Wilson as well. Whenever he comes back, I think he's going to have a good year. Uh, my bench, just in no position order, just any order. Tony Pollard, Odell Beckham Jr. I do have Odell. He is sitting on my my bench waiting to be signed. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I'm kind of concerned about this one. I'm not too sure just because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes came out and said that it's going to be more of a spread out kind of offense, but I think that Mardez Valdez-Scantley gives him more of an over-the-top deep threat kind of option, so I think he can be pretty sneaky good some weeks and sneaky bad other weeks. Hunter Renfro, I made that big three-team trade to get him. Um, not starting yet. I, I want to see what Michael Thomas does with Jameis Winston. Um, I think that Michael Thomas, before Drew Brees, really hurt his arm, was more of a kind of overall do-it guy instead of just an intermediate route kind of guy. So I have Hunter Renfro on my bench. I have Jalen Rager on my bench, who is now a Minnesota Viking. I have Tutu Atwell on my bench, Kadarius Toney, Dallas Goddard as my tight end two, and then the Bills defense as my backup defense. On my injured reserve, I have the Chiefs rookie wide receiver Justin Ross. Um, I heard great things about him. He just can't stay healthy is what I've heard. And then my taxi squad, which is all rookies, I have Isaiah Likely, the tight end for the Ravens, James Cook, the running back for the Baltimore, excuse me, the uh, Buffalo Bills. And then I have Brees Hall, who was one of my guys that I really wanted to go grab, and luckily I got him. So that's the fantasy lineup as of right now. We'll do weekly fantasy lineup looks. Um, but those were my my starters of. Um, let me pull it back up, and I'll run you through it one more time. Lamar Jackson, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, Dalton Schultz, Michael Thomas, Darnell Mooney, Tom Brady, and the Broncos defense are my starters. To get to my season predictions of awards and my Super Bowl prediction. Um, MVP, Josh Allen. Um, you know, I think he's going to have a great year. And that that's about it. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, a top two or three quarterback in the league. Um, and I think that good offensive line, good, um, good weapons. I think he's going to have a monster year offensive player of the year. Uh, this could go to Josh Allen, depending on how good of a year he has, but I'm giving it to Justin Jefferson. Um, I mean, new new head coach, new scheme, new passing offense. The a top four receiver in all of the league. Give me Justin Jefferson at offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year going Aaron Donald, um, the best defensive player of all time in my opinion. Um, coming off of a Super Bowl, I think more motivated than ever to kind of try to repeat. Offensive rookie, the defensive and offensive rookie of the years are tough. Um, offensive rookie of the year. I have down Brees Hall, but I don't know. I haven't heard anything about how the carries are going to be with um, split between him and Michael Carter. So I'm going to make a last-minute change here. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year, I think I'm going to give it to one of the receivers, Jamison Williams, uh, Chris Olave, or Garrett Wilson. And I think I'm going to give it to Jamison Williams. 
I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, more of an over-the-top kind of guy. I think he can have a lot of receptions, a lot of catches, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of targets. Um, whenever he comes back healthy, I don't know exactly when that is, um, but my next pick is probably going to be Garrett Wilson um, of the Jets. Defensive Rookie of the Year, one of my favorite guys out of this draft class, George Karloftis. Um, love him as a player. I mean, this guy just started playing uh, football a couple of years ago when he was a first-round draft pick. I love everything about him. He's been tearing up the preseason. I cannot be more excited than I am about George Karloftis. I mean, I think he's going to be a stud. I think he takes home Defensive Rookie of the Year honors. And the Coach of the Year, I have Nick Sirianni. Been riding this coattail all offseason long. That <clears throat> I think Nick Sirianni can be – you know, one of the best coaches in the league, and I think that he takes it home this year. My Super Bowl pick would be a matchup of uh, this year. Um, I have the Ram or this week, week one, I have the Rams over the Bills in the Super Bowl. Um, Bills have one of the best, you know, teams in the league. Rams are coming off of a Super Bowl. I think that the Rams brought a lot of key pieces back or, play, or replaced some of the other pieces that they lost. So, I'm going to give the edge to the Rams, but you could talk me into the Bills as well. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jobo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it has arrived. The No Playbook Pecking Order. The top 10 NFL teams, according to myself, we will update this every week. Number one. I, I, I try not to be a biased Rams fan, but it, it, it goes to who is the defending Super Bowl champions and the Rams. Uh, the Rams, the number one team, the they didn't get any worse. I think they got maybe a little bit better with the addition of Bobby Wagner. They did replace Darius Williams with Troy Hill, um, but that's it. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. you got to give them love. Um, if you know the Bengals would have won, they probably would be number one as well. Number two, I have the Bills. Um, like I just mentioned, improved pass rushing. They drafted two rookie corners who um, are going to be covering the Rams this this not or this evening because of Tre'Davious White tearing his ACL um, last year. He's still not fully healthy. Hopefully, he comes back healthy because he's a top. I would say three to five. Sorry about that. A top three to five corner in all of football. Whenever he's healthy and he's on the field, and he, along with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, he anchors down that secondary. Number three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs, um, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. That's all I really have there. Um, their defense struggles for the first five weeks of the season, then they miraculously turn it around, and they're one of the best second-half defenses in all of the league. They lost Tyron Smith or Tyron Matthew, excuse me, um, which is a big loss, but I think that they kind of cushioned the blow with adding Justin Reid. I like Justin Reid a lot. I think he plays a lot of good football for them, but. Losing Tyron Matthew is a huge loss, but again, I think Justin Reed isn't the leader that Tyron Matthew is, and he's not the player, but I think it doesn't make it as bad if you throw someone else in there. Number four, I have the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. That defense is loaded with J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, um, Joey Bosa. 
Derwin James just got a massive extension. This team is built to win now, and if they don't, and if they don't fire Brandon Staley, this is going to show a lot about the Chargers. If this team does not win at least 10 to 12 games, and Brandon Staley's not looking for a new job this offseason, something is internally wrong with the Chargers. I mean, this roster is phenomenal. Justin Herbert is a top three quarterback in the league, or top five quarterback in the league. Um, I mean, very few. I, I don't think I would take any young quarterback over Justin Herbert. I'm talking Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I mean, um, he, he does it all, and he's phenomenal. Number five, I had the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they made a lot of good improvement this improvements this year, but the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, although I think he will have a good year, I don't think he's nowhere near Justin Herbert. Uh, so I, I'm giving the Chargers a slight edge over Philadelphia, but I think that Philadelphia can still be there. The Bengals at number six, I, I love all the additions that they had this year. The offensive line um, are the main pieces that they added, which is a big reason why they lost the Super Bowl. But another reason why they lost that I have them so low on this list that other teams have is a secondary. Jesse Bates is really the only key part of that secondary. Um, I mean, the Rams have Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, uh, Jordan Fuller, Taylor Rapp. Bills have Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, uh, Tredavious White when he comes back. I'm very high on Kair Elam as well. I like him a lot. The Chiefs have uh, Justin Reed, and I think that they also signed a cornerback out of free agency. I don't remember his name. Uh, the Chargers, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, uh, Philly, James Bradbury, Darius Slay. Uh, the Bengals secondary really scares me, and I think it's not – I think they're going to lose shootouts. Um, I, I'm not – I think Joe Burrow is great, but I don't think that he is as hyped up as everyone says he is. Again, go prove me wrong, please. Go prove me wrong. Uh, I just, from what I've seen, he's not as great as what I've heard, as what I, I feel like I've been told he is. Um, so, again, I love Joe Burrow. I don't think he's Justin Herbert. I'm not taking him over Justin Herbert, but I think that he's up there with one of the best, as of, or as one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Number seven, I have the Ravens, um, a roster that only improved this year uh adding Tyler Linderbaum they did lose Hollywood Brown but Rashad Bateman has kind of stepped up to that number one receiver role he'll be healthy J.K. Dobbins is supposed to be healthy week one they added Kyle Hamilton uh that secondary is going to be healthy again um Lamar Jackson as well uh, I don't know if I said his name or not but if I didn't Lamar Jackson again you know two times um he's going to carry the offensive load he's going to have a great year and uh, I, I just think that the Ravens are a sneaky good team that not a lot of people are talking about. They expect them to be good, but just how good can they be? Number eight, the Vikings. Um, I'm really high on them this year. Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, uh, Kirk Cousins, Jamar, or, uh, Justin Jefferson. New passing offense um, is going to be great for this team and kind of a culture change as well. Number nine, I have the 49ers, a top probably five roster in all the league. Trey Lance is the only question mark. If he comes out here and balls out, this is the number three team in all of football. I mean, they're, again, their only weakness is their secondary, but Jimmy Ward plays great football. He plays really good ball at the sec at the safety position. Um, so I think he covers up a lot of mistakes, but I think that they're very, very, very weak at the, four at the cornerback position. And finally, my 10th team is the Green Bay Packers. Um, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. The defense is poised to be back and better. David Bakhtiari is supposed to be back. Maybe week one, maybe not. Um, as you hear me scuffle my papers around. Um, 
I think that the Packers need a receiver, and that's all that's keeping them um, from kind of being on the upper echelon of teams. I have the Vikings winning that division, but you don't, you know, Aaron Rodgers, again, is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So don't doubt him, and um, I'm sure they'll move up eventually, but as of just before the season starts, uh, not very high on my list. All right, all right, all right. It is now time for the No Playbook NFL Week 1 predictions. I have games. I have scores. Let's get it. Bills at the Rams. I have the Rams winning 37-34. The the cornerback dilemma um, of the Bills with Notre Davis White scares me a lot, Um, but I still think this is going to be a shootout between two great offenses and two Really good defenses, but I think the offenses are just overpowering for the defense. The Saints at the Falcons. I have the Saints winning 17-7. to um, The Falcons' offense outside of Kyle Pitts really isn't anything to be feared. And the Saints' defense is still one of the best in you know the league. The offense, I don't know what to expect from the offense. I think the Saints are going to win. I just don't know by how much. Um, Jameis Winston coming back from injury. Michael Thomas coming back from injury. Chris Olave. Um, this could very easily be a blowout, but I have it at 17-7. to 7. 49ers at the Bears. I have the 49ers winning 21-17. to 17. Um, I think the Bears are going to be the, the Vikings of last year. I think they're going to be in a lot of close games. I don't know how much of them they're going to win, but, I mean, I think I saw a stat the other day that said the Vikings were in 14 one-score games and lost eight of them. So I think that this could be the Bears this year as they kind of retool. Um, you know, I got a lot of love for Eli and the Bears. I think they, they the hype is real, and I hope Justin Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney go out there and they they ball out. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. I have Cincinnati winning thirty four to twenty one. Um, nothing to be said. Like I said, the the Steelers are kind of in that retool rebuild mode. Um, the cornerbacks against. You know the best wide receiver trio in the foot and all the all of the NFL is going to struggle, and they're going to get beat 34-21 by the Bengals. Philly at Detroit. I have Philly winning 24 to 21. Detroit has a lot of good young pieces that they should be excited about, and Detroit is this game is sold out. So I think Detroit going to be making a lot of noise. I think the offense is going to be somewhat decent. Um, and I think that Philly is just going to walk in there not knowing what to expect. I think they do escape with a victory, but I don't know. I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Patriots at Miami, the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins winning 34-10. to The Patriots offense doesn't scare me at all, and the Dolphins offense is, you know, the players, the roster alone on paper is one of the best in the league. Baltimore at the Jets. I have Baltimore taking this one very heavily. Um, 42-21 is what I have, but I don't even think the Jets are going to score that much. I don't think the Ravens are going to necessarily score that much either, but, I mean, if I had to change it, it'd probably be 35-10, to somewhere in that range. Um, I think this one's not going to be close. Lamar Jackson's going to come out balling. The Jets' defense is much improved, but it's a lot of young guys, a lot of young rookies. So we'll see how Jermaine Johnson and Sauce Gardner um, uh, play in their first game. And then the Jets' offense is ran by Joe Flacco, who is good but old. 
Um, I have the Jaguars at the Commanders. Jags taking that one 17-14. I am very high on the Jags this year. I think that they're not going to compete for a playoff spot, but I would say a good win number for them would be 7 to 10. Or 7 to 8, 7 to 8. 6 to 8 is what I'm saying. 6 to 8. Um, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. Travis Etienne, a full year of him. Christian Kirk, I think, can ball out. I'm currently in the process of trying to trade for him in fantasy. Browns at the Panthers. No Deshaun Watson, no win for the Browns. I had the Panthers winning this one 24 to 14. Nothing too crazy here. Baker Mayfield has a subpar game. Goes out maybe, you know, like a Baker Mayfield game. 250 passing yards, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, and an interception. Um, I think this one could be interesting late, but I think the Panthers are going to take this one. Uh, the Colts at the Texans. I have the Colts winning this one 34 to 14. Um, the Colts may not even put up that much, but with Matt Ryan, I feel like Frank Wright's going to kind of want to show off, you know, why they got Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan has a very big game this week, um, and then they get back to running the ball the week after. Giants at Tennessee. I have the Titans winning 24-17. to 17. Um, Not a lot of scoring going on, but again, who knows what to expect from the Giants offense. Green Bay at Minnesota. I have the Vikings winning this one 24-10. Um, again, I'm very high on the Vikings this year. I think that they can win this division. And with Green Bay not having a go-to wide receiver, I think their offense is going to struggle. But expect a lot of running with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Chiefs at the Cardinals. I have the Chiefs winning 30-17. to 17. Um, Not very high on the Cardinals this year. Um, their offense can be good. I like the addition of Hollywood Brown. I just don't really know a lot about that defense with losing Chandler Jones. Um so I think that the Chiefs go out and they just kind of put on a mass master class, 30-17. to 17. Raiders at the Chargers. I went back and forth with this one and a couple of the other ones. Uh, I have the Chargers winning 35-30. to 30. This one I think is going to be a great game. Definitely, I'm definitely tuning in, tuning into this one. This one is one of my favorite games of all of uh, the weekend. Bucks at the Cowboys. I also went back and forth with this one because although Micah uh, Parsons – is good. That's really their only pass rush. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, I don't know what to expect from him this year. So I have the Bucks winning 24 to 21. I think it's going to be really close. But the 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 Bucks struggle with corner depth, and they don't really have. I mean, Anton Winfield is okay, um, but I don't know really how good he is. But with the Cowboys having CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz, I mean, that might just be enough to kind of keep them in this game. And then the Broncos at the Seahawks. I have the Broncos winning 27-17. to Russ goes home and cooks. And we're going to get MVP Russ talks for the first three to four weeks of the season. Then it's just going to slowly die down. One thing I'm really afraid of for the Broncos is that they don't have a go-to wide receiver. I do like their receiving core a hell of a lot more than I like the Packers receiving core, but it's still just one of those things to where it's nah, I I don't I don't know how far this will take them. If they do at the deadline go out and get a good receiver, like a go-to receiver, I think this team can be Super Bowl contenders, but as of right now, I don't see them being all all of what everyone has them hyped up to be. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that will do it. Game time is now I had to stop and do a little bit of work but game time is now four hours away I cannot wait for this one be excited um and yeah I will catch you next week you've been listening to the no playbook podcast on the LTT productions feed 
I'm Drew Pountain, signing off.